So first of all, I was having a conversation with a therapist friend of mine. I was telling her what I'm doing here and uh, how I'm like obsessed with this. I'm obsessed with, uh, with weight loss and especially for women. I'm obsessed with teaching women how to uh, follow the system that I created for myself in order to lose weight, but then also keep it off. Um, and I was telling her how it's really interesting that with all of the women that I was working with up to that point, um, and then based on all the information that I already knew, I knew that approximately four weeks after beginning any sort of new routine, whether exercise or diet, especially diet, four weeks after beginning a new diet routine, I saw in my experience and based on also myself, I saw a withdrawal that people would hit four weeks, four weeks after they would hit a withdrawal an emotional withdrawal that would send them spiraling backwards, that would send them going back to the way that they were eating before. It was really interesting that it always happened about 22 to 28 days after they started this new diet. And I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't figure out what was it about this particular timeline? Like, what was it about this number that, um, why four weeks? Why 22 to 28 days? And she told me, this was so interesting. I like, I was blown away. So she told me that it must have something to do with our neurotransmitters. Um, neurotransmitters are just uh, messages that uh, our, our brain and our body work together to just, you know, to send together. Um, they work together to uh, tell us sort of what to do, how to feel, how to respond, how to behave. And so she said that she believes it, it has something to do with neurotransmitters, especially for people who are, are not necessarily following a very, a, a very healthy diet. Um, for people that just kind of eat what they want when they want. There are connections that are being made uh, between what we eat and how we behave. And when those connections, when that behavior, when the behavior is disrupted and or when the eating is disrupted, then that leads to um, sort of a withdrawal that leads to our bodies and our brains sort of starting to work together to say, OK, so we are not making those connections anymore. Um, the connections or, or the behavior, the emotions that we were able to feel from the way that we were eating previously, those emotions are missing. And so because those emotions are missing, because we're not being, we're not able to eat the things that we love to give us the, the happiness or to enhance our mood or to give us the energy that we're used to having, then the body and the brain work together to get you to go backwards. And what is so fascinating, I swear, I was working with a group of ladies and four weeks, it was exactly like 24 days after we started working together. It was crazy. Every, each individual, each person that I was working with that up to that point had been following the diet plan and they were already losing weight. They were already seeing results. Each and every single person hit some sort of, they experienced some sort of life circumstance, some sort of like emotional trauma, all of them individually, separate areas of the country, different ages, different weight, different everything. They all around the same time hit some sort of emotional trauma that had them questioning whether or not they even wanted to continue this diet. They started questioning whether or not this was worth it. 
Now, the emotional trauma that they experienced had nothing to do with eating. It had nothing to do with nutrition. It had nothing to do with, um, with, with weight or anything like that. It had nothing to do with the physical goals that they were trying to achieve. Uh, the emotional trauma, it just, it was like they were stressed out about work. They were stressed out about their family. They were stressed out about something, but all of a sudden there was a connection. There was a, a, a connection made between whatever emotional trauma they were experiencing and what they were no longer able to eat based on this new diet plan that they were on. And they each individually, all of those ladies experienced a meltdown, an emotional meltdown. There were tears for some of them. Um, it was, it was insane. And I felt like I had failed them because I knew this was coming based on the science and the logic behind it. I knew it was coming, but I didn't have, I didn't think to warn them. So let's talk about neurotransmitters and let's talk about how these specific neurotransmitters affect our cravings. I was doing a lot of research last week on four specific neurotransmitters um, and those neurotransmitters are called serotonin, dopamine, GABA, and acetylcholine. So serotonin and GABA are relaxation neurotransmitters. They like control our mood and the way that we feel about ourselves, the way that we feel about the world. Whereas dopamine and acetylcholine are stimulating transmitters. They, um, they impact like our focus, they impact our energy, they impact our motivation. So people who have a deficiency in serotonin, uh, people who experience lows in serotonin, um, they are the ones when we're talking about cravings now and the type of food that they crave, people that are low in serotonin tend to crave starch, salt, and chocolate, starch, salt, and chocolate. And that's because chocolate starch and salt, they have properties and chemicals in them that elevate serotonin, which then elevate our mood. So when people are feeling down, when they're feeling a little bit depressed, um, when they're feeling a little sad, they might turn to chocolate, they might crave chocolate, or they might crave um, really starchy foods. They might crave, uh, you know, pasta and, and rice and, and all these other starches, or they may crave really salty foods. Um, and that is because those particular foods elevate serotonin and enhance their mood, make them feel better about themselves, make them feel better about the world. Now, people that are deficient in dopamine they happen to crave caffeine, so coffee. They, they need their coffee in the mornings. Um, they also crave sugar and they crave the cocoa that's in chocolate because the cocoa is, has caffeine in it also. So, um, so people that are deficient in dopamine, which for example, I think, I believe that I'm deficient in dopamine. Um, I have a lot of I have a lot of issues like, you know, staying focused and, and trying to stay motivated. Um, and it's very interesting that when I feel like I need a pick me up, like chocolate and sugar are the things that I go to. So people that are deficient in GABA, which is interesting, GABA, remember that's connected to serotonin, GABA, people that are deficient in GABA don't have necessarily specific cravings for specific things, but people that are deficient in GABA, they crave just a lot. They crave a lot of food. They just want, it's not that they crave a lot, but they're the ones that if you notice people that just have like every time they eat, they eat significantly large portions of whatever it is that they're, that they're having. They can't just have like 
a normal person size portion like they just have a lot of food and they're like constantly eating those people might be deficient in GABA and then people that are deficient in acetylcholine they typically crave fatty foods they typically typically crave a lot of fat so this is why this like challenge that I'm creating because I understand why and how neurotransmitters um, create certain cravings for certain foods this is why I feel, and I'm going to toot my own horn for a second. This is why I feel that the programs that I put together, the challenges that I'm creating and the things that I'm putting together moving forward are going to be far superior to any other like diet and fitness program that is out there in like the mainstream fitness market. And that's because I want to approach every individual that I'm going to work with, every individual that's going to be a part of this program, I want to approach them first from the standpoint of which of these neurotransmitters are you deficient in? And that is because, and this is before we even begin the first phase of the program, I have access to an assessment. Actually, you just like answer a bunch of questions and it kind of spits out uh, a number and we're able to see which of those neurotransmitters that you're deficient in and how your deficiency in those particular neurotransmitters are impacting what you crave and impacting the types of food that you eat. So that after we know what you crave and what you're deficient in, then we can give you, then I can create and give you just a simple one page nutrition guide for you to be able to follow that will allow you to still be able to fulfill um, the cravings that you have, still be able to uh, feel some sort of satisfaction from the food that you eat, but at the same time be able to reduce overall the amount of food that you eat that will naturally lead to weight loss. There is no one size fits all. When it comes to any diet plan, when it comes to any fitness program, there's no one size fits all approach that works for everyone because we are all deficient in different things. Or we all are, we, some of us might be even overactive in certain things. And there's no way for you to be able to purchase or start any sort of program without knowing that first and then manipulating what you have in order to fit what's going to work for you and lead to not only just results, but then results that you can fully sustain for the rest of your life. So before we begin phase one of this challenge, we're going to start by filling out this assessment. We're going to see what you're deficient in, and that is going to connect the dots of why you eat what you eat, why you crave what you crave, and we're going to figure that out. Then we're going to put together a just a very simple nutrition guide for you to follow during the first phase of the program that will very easily, very effortlessly lead to weight loss. So um, I'm going to head over to the questions, and I see that we have just one question from Kalea. And um, Kalea asks, so this 22 to 28 day period of emotional urgency, can it cause plateaus because it's a form of stress? So what's really interesting is that, um, um, or even weight gain and how long does it last? Yeah, so here's the thing that happens. Usually, typically when people reach that 22 to 28 day period, um, and they uh, experience some sort of emotional trauma. And I forgot to mention this before, that what they experience is no different than experiences that they've had in the past. 
Like, it's not like something drastic happens after 22 to 28 days that they've never seen before and they can't handle. Um, what they experience is a stressor that they're used to. I mean, it happens frequently, but because they have been dieting, because they've been changing their eating up to that point, and because they haven't been giving their brain, because they haven't been supplying those neurotransmitters with the salt or, or the sugar or the fat or the carbs or the starch that the body is used to having, then their brain reacts to that emotional trauma like we can't handle this. We cannot do this. We don't, we're not emotionally equipped. We can't do it. You need to go have chocolate cake. Like literally that's what happens. And so people that get to this point, they experience that trauma and they listen to their brain. Their brain creates an extremely strong craving for the things that they cut out of their diet up to that point. And <clears throat> it's, um, I'd say it's, I'd say it's probably, and this is anecdotal, I'd say like 90 to 95% of the time people give in to those cravings. Now, when they give into their cravings, giving into their cravings doesn't, doesn't necessarily lead to uh, weight gain. It doesn't necessarily lead to the plateau, but what it does emotionally is it discourages them. Um, emotionally, it it uh, uh, confirms and affirms the whatever doubts they had in their head about whether or not they would be able to actually stick to a new diet this time and not go backwards. That act of giving into that craving, once they hit that first withdrawal, emotionally, it sends them backwards and it sends them completely off plan. There's nothing physically happening at that point. But emotionally and mentally, people get to the place where they give up. And that's because they entered um, because they entered this new eating plan with, I've tried dieting before and I've never been able to stick to it. I've tried losing weight before and it's never been able to work. And they experience that trauma. They give into the craving. The act of giving into that craving confirms all of their self-doubts and all of their self-esteem issues. And then they typically fall off their diet. So that's, to, that's generally what happens. Um, very few people are able to experience that trauma, give into the craving, and then wake up the next day and say, and say, I know what happened. I know why this happened to me. I know why I gave into the craving, but I'm not going to let that stop me from continue, continuing to push forward. It's those people that can say that to themselves and say, it was one night, it was one mistake. I know what's going on. I'm going to get right back on the horse then those people are able to move on further along into their diet. But uh, this is something I'm going to talk about later. Then there's a second withdrawal that happens for those particular people. Uh, and typically nobody gets through that second withdrawal. So <laughs> uh, not to be discouraging or um, not to speak doom and gloom, but those people that can get through the first 22 to 28 days, they're golden for another couple months. So that's uh, typically what happens. Tomorrow, we are going to talk about um, this, this quotation from the same therapist friend of mine that we were talking about neurotransmitters. Um, we're going to talk about something that she said to me that was profound and that I want to address tomorrow. She said to me, Lene, I know what I have to do. I have all the information. I have all the education. I have all the knowledge. I know what to do to lose weight. I just can't bring myself to do it. I want to talk about that tomorrow. Thanks so much for jumping in. I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a good one.